have a very special guest today, Catherine Buck, my soul sister. Let me tell you a little bit about her background. It's so extensive. I can't even read the whole thing. She has more education than you and I put together. While practicing in family medicine-based settings, Catherine has had a passion for aesthetic and family medicine for five years. Implementing this type of care into her practice has been instrumental in successful treatment of clients who wish to not only meet basic needs of their overall health and well-being, but exceed them to become the best versions of themselves, which is what we talk about on this podcast, being your best badass self. She enjoys working with clients who share her love for self-preservation and growth. Her experience is just extensive. She's certified by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. She has had peptide therapy training, lasers, fillers, Botox, chemical peels, veins with sclerotherapy. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. She's been in practice for seven years and she is just a wealth of knowledge. So today we're going to be talking about two things, testosterone in men, because it's so important. You guys have heard me over and over again, tout the importance of proper testosterone levels in men. And then ladies don't turn off because number one, the first part can really, really help you with your guy. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. If you're with a guy and you're like, oh my gosh, he's tired all the time, no sex drive, no motivation, he's gaining weight. What do I do? Do I tell him? You know, he's getting some man boobs. Okay, you got to listen to this because you can help him. This is important for his health. This is important for his heart as well. So don't turn off. And then the second part, we are going to dive into the gut, into GI map testing. She's going to tell you her story, how we tested her gut, and how she just lost 40 pounds, just like that. So this is going to be just packed full of information for you. All right. So thank you so much, Catherine, for joining us on the podcast today. I am just so pumped that we finally got you on. We've been dealing with our schedules forever now and, you know, it's summer and kids are going everywhere. So I'm just pumped that you're We're on. Coming. Finally. Yes. <laughs> so today I want to dive into two things that we really haven't talked about yet on the podcast, testosterone and guys, and then the gut. So the gut will apply to, to ladies and to the guys. But uh, we're going to get to that. You've had a ton of experience on your own with gut issues and doing specific testing to see what's going on and then treating it. And then you've been seeing it. I know a lot in your practice. So 
we'll, we'll, we'll save that for the end. So people will kind of hang on because everybody loves a good gut discussion. Let's start with testosterone and guys. I mean, oh my God, start somewhere. Tell us the importance and then what you're seeing in your practice. So what a train wreck. Um, so uh, my background's in family medicine. And so I started kind of dabbling in this arena really right from the beginning. So a lot of guys coming forward, just fatigue, lack of libido, mood changes to the point where like their partner didn't want to be with them or around them anymore. Erectile dysfunction is huge. Obesity, diabetes, all kinds of stuff. So they're presenting with all of these issues and we have to kind of ask ourselves what's happening. Why, why do men suddenly seem so sickly? It's not a mystery. The answer is that their testosterone levels drop down significantly, really start dropping at about the age of 30. Depending on environmental exposures and their lifestyle, diet, things like that, they can drop off much sooner than that. So when I say 30, you know, I have patients in their early 20s that come to me with a testosterone level of like 100 a normal testosterone level per labs is about 250 to 1,000, but we know that people generally feel sort of optimal at about 800 to 1,000. 100 is nowhere near that. No. Um, it's wrecking metabolisms, wrecking moods, wrecking sleep-wake cycles. And to be quite honest, men are starting to look at large, very feminine if yes. you look around in public. yes. Yeah, the dad bod is in, but it's not really all that great. Oh, no, that, that puffy look is not where it's at. So unfortunately, when testosterone drops off, estrogen has the opportunity to rise. And the higher that the estrogen gets, the more it suppresses the testosterone. So it becomes kind of this vicious cycle. So it's not uncommon for me to have a patient come in with baseline labs. We always look at a testosterone. We always look at an estrogen because I want to know what I'm working with when they come in. It is not uncommon to see a testosterone and an estrogen be no more than 50 numbers apart. You know, an estrogen of 250 and maybe a testosterone of 275. What's your optimal level for estrogen for guys? Because I know people are going to be thinking that in their head. Yeah. So everybody's a little bit different and different men will metabolize that estrogen differently. So I guess if I had to give a ballpark, I would say somewhere between 100 and 150. Okay. There is benefit to having estrogen. You need it for cardioprotectivity for your bones and really just to kind of counterbalance the rest of it. But when it gets too high, it becomes a problem. And then about 10% of the population will experience an issue where they convert the estrogen to prolactin. So they're the guys that complain about the, the tenderness in their, in their chest. Or if you look at them, you can kind of see it. They're yeah. just really yeah. puffy. You know, it's kind of a dead giveaway as soon as they walk in the door. Those men in particular, I like to keep their estrogen on the lower end of the spectrum. Some guys will tolerate it, an estrogen up to about 300. I have seen it as high as 3,500. Okay. That's really bad. That's, 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 that's really, really bad. Like that's the yeah. dude that's walking around with like thunder thighs because he has so much estrogen. He's holding fat like a woman. Like a walking blood clot. As yep. I put it. Yep. I'm like, how does your chest feel? How, how's your mood? So those are the guys, really, when we see that balance kind of get out of whack, those are the guys that are coming in with their partners and their partners are saying, like, I can't take much more of this. 
So it's kind of that Jekyll and Hyde. They kind of go back and forth. There's a lot of talk in the general public about roid rage. Um, and I, I hear all of that stuff because I get all of the bro science questions as well. Roid rage isn't really a thing. The problem is it's more estrogen rate or estrogen rage. The testosterone isn't making them crazy. It's the estrogen levels shooting up. Often when we get the estrogen under control, uh, well, the person feels better and everybody is, you know, a lot more calm to be around them. A lot, It's a lot more pleasant. Yeah. So testosterone, it, that converts to estrogen. So we know that as a man, well, let's take like a, a bodybuilder or, a, you know, the bro science mm-hmm. dude at the gym who's probably taking a little bit more testosterone that would, than what you would recommend if he was working with you. And that is converting to estrogen. And then on top of that, we have all the environmental factors, the, the plastics, the creams, the lotions with phthalates and BPA and parabens and methyl parabens and candles and, and I mean, on and on and on, and fragrance, everything. And the adrenals, which make estrogen. And the more stressed out you are, let's be honest, by the time they come to visit us, they're generally kind of at their max. Yeah. So the adrenals are cranking out estrogen and fat cells crank out estrogen. So the more estrogen you make, the quicker your fat cells grow and the bigger they get, the more estrogen you make. Right. Vicious cycle. Just Vicious back and forth. Yeah. Yep. So yes, that's often how people end up on my doorstep. They do it the wrong way for, you know, so long. And then eventually it either catches up to them or somebody that's close to them. Mm-hmm. And then they decide that maybe it would be a good idea to do it monitored and the right way with a substance that's actually coming from a pharmacy so that they know what it is. Not not the dude at the gym selling out of his not car. Right. <laughs> yeah. With like the super, super concentrated product that they're also doing a little more of than what the guy tells them to. So... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So wait, I'm going to come back. I have a question about that. But before we dive into that, the the ranges. So the lab ranges for both testosterone and estrogen for men Mm -hmm. are so huge. And you touched on that earlier, like 250 to 1100. So these guys that are coming to you probably have complained about these very symptoms to at least their PCP, if not two or three other doctors. If it was a woman, we'd have been to 10 other doctors, but guys tend to go to like one and two and call it a day until their buddy says, hey, go see Catherine. They're just being called normal and they have testosterone in the shitter basically. Yeah, so um, they do a couple things. They they try endocrine sometimes, they try um, urology sometimes, and they try their primary care doctor. It's not to say that Nobody gives them testosterone, but I almost never see anybody giving them testosterone at appropriate doses. And that's something that we do a little different than other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had one time I had somebody come from an endocrinologist who was prescribed testosterone every 17 days. So we know what that means, but tell me where the 17 came from. But, uh, you know, I've had urologists tell guys who saw patients who had testosterone levels at about, you know, 700, that they were superhuman and it was terrible and it's the end of the world. So they kind of use that scare tactic in them. And most of the time, primary care, you know, I can't even fault people. This isn't something that's taught in traditional Western medicine education. Like you really have to seek this out because of a genuine interest, you know, on your own to fully understand it. And then you need to 
sort of experience it with patients and have patients that are willing to come forward and be honest and kind of tell you their experiences. So you don't know what you don't know. And I think that that's what is happening really. Yeah. They're, they're falling into the normal lab value range and just like anything else, you know, thyroid hormones, anything, they're just being told you're normal. Everything's fine. Right. I mean, they're, they're really not sure what to do with it either. If it looks normal, then great. You don't have to remark on it. Yeah. Then they come, they come visit us Yeah, um, and you know, we get them all squared away. Yep. Exactly. So going back, I, the, the question I had saved, you know, you had mentioned the super concentrated dose. So for any guys out there that are getting their, their testosterone from the gym, from a guy, um, you said something to me a while ago. It was very interesting. It kind of expand on this. It really, when you're getting your tests, it's going to be pretty potent at first, kind of like, here's the good stuff. And then all of a sudden it backs down and it's not the same. It can. Um, I always tell, I kind of say it like this, like any good drug dealer, if you have a substance that's more potent than the next guy's, then people are going to come back to you for your substance Mm -hmm. when it comes really to any substance like that, but testosterone in particular, more is not better. And more simply gets excreted in your stool, gunks up your liver, and causes your body to go into this ridiculous estrogen mode unless you're doing something about it. And they're not. They're not. Um, I've had a few guys say that they've ordered like a Rimidex or Exemestane or Tamoxifen online, and they took that. And we've tested their levels, and their estrogen was still off off the chain. So, you know, again get your stuff from a, from a pharmacy. Right. Right. And do it the right way. Do it the right way. Don't go for the ultra concentrated stuff. And then sometimes, like you mentioned, the supplier isn't the same all the time for whoever you're buying it from at the gym. So whoever's making it can make it however they want. Really. There's no continuity. I've had guys, I've actually entertained them and said, why don't you just stay on what you have? And we're just going to monitor your levels. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is ordering labs and they varied from like the two fifties all the way to like 2,500 and back down. And they were doing the same dose. Same dose. Wow. That's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Olive oil. Like what, what was in there? Right. It wasn't what they thought. Right. So you're rolling the dice, totally rolling the dice. Yep. So let's say, all right. So a guy comes in with super low testosterone levels his doctor said, when I say super low, I'm going to go with like a 350 because it's still above the bottom of the barrel range. And, you know, he said maybe he he heard on a podcast about, hey, your test should be 800. That's kind of more optimal. And he says to his doc, like, hey, how about this? And his doctor says, no, there's more to low testosterone than just feeling good. I mean, yeah, it, with a number that low, you're going to be depressed. You're going to gain weight. You're going to have... Um, erectile dysfunction, but what about the heart? Isn't that a vital piece of having optimal testosterone? Having optimal testosterone is vital for literally every function in your body. So from your brain health, to your bone health, to your heart health, uh, cardiovascular, really, the, the entire vascular system relies on it. Mental health, yeah. your sharpness. Mm-hmm all the rest of the hormones in your body. So like one guy I had come in whose testosterone was super low and also had a thyroid issue. And we thought we had him 
managed very well on thyroid meds until we started giving him testosterone. And then suddenly he had a metabolism and we needed to adjust that thyroid medication quite a bit to get him optimal. So Mm -hmm. yes, it's absolutely vital for every process of the body. And it's very preventative for a lot of disease states that we see in America, uh, obesity being number one. Right. Number one. Right. So, yeah. you know, we, we talk about the Holy Trinity in medicine. We hyperlipidemia, hyperglycemia, and then high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And we really need to throw obesity into that mix because it always comes along with the others. And if you check a testosterone, I guarantee you it's going to be lower than optimal. Yeah. How many guys do you see on statins, blood pressure medications, and antidepressants that just have low testosterone? The antidepressants are what killed me the most. Yeah. Let's just throw an antidepressant at them, which never fixes them. Just so you all know that. <laughs> Lots, tons. It makes the testosterone even worse at that point. So then you have no cholesterol to make your own hormones. Mm-hmm. Your joints hurt. Yep. I mean, you're exhausted all the time because who knows what blood pressure pill you're getting, but it's probably an older one. They blow yeah. up the fluid. It's just, you know, it's, it's amazing how much their body shape changes in the first six months. Mm. Any patient. You know, I have a, a man who just turned 68 and he kind of got into it late. He, but he got to a point where he was like, I don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And from visit one to his six month follow-up, he's like a new person. He literally looks like he has the body of a 40, maybe 45 year old, very fit person. That's right. I got to send my dad to you because he's still taking those over the counter garbage test booster supplement. (laughs) Yeah. Test defense. Yeah. 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 And he had gynecomastia surgery so he has high estrogen. He just won't let me test it. So I just have to send him to you. But he never took steroids. I mean, he never used like anabolic exogenous testosterone. He is just kind of going back to what you're saying. We are feminizing the, yeah. the world right now. We're feminizing these guys. I'm, I'm sure for him, it was just really, I mean, this started years ago, a combination of he was a painter. So the chemicals in the paint. Uh, I remember distinctly him and my mom used to buy things of Dasani water, like the plastic water balls, and they would drink from them and then put them in the dishwasher, heat it up and refill it and put it in the fridge. So you got the BPAs, you got the chemicals just raising estrogen through the roof. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Dairy is another one of the big offenders that I think people don't think about. Like just buy it organic and -hmm. you're getting so much less you know, ex- excess and estrogen and everything else, antibiotics and everything else that comes with it. Uh, yeah. But also don't overdo it with it. I, I'm all for dairy. I would live on dairy if I could, but right. remember that it is literally milk from lactating cows. So I think that's where we go South with a lot of kids um, and soy. So Why are we putting infants on soy formula still? It is converted directly to estrogen. So if you are a a person who was given soy formula as an infant, you are going to have issues with estrogen later in life. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. In fact, what I see is that those people's testosterone levels never really peak like they should. 
So they may never get to that 800 to a thousand. You know, they don't ever really hit a good point. Yeah. I've seen an influx of that lately. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then you have the vegan, vegetarian, plant-based movement where people are downing soy. Oh, but it's non-GMO. So what? It's still soy. Exactly. It's still being converted to estrogen. Yeah. Now, how important is progesterone for men? We talk about a lot. We talk a lot about progesterone in women, but what about men? So, progesterone is all men have some. However, in a very low quantity, if you give progesterone to a man, he'll sleep for like two or three days. Uh, <laughs> it's super sedating for a guy. Okay, you know, just much like if we were given the amount of testosterone as females that males need. We probably wouldn't be quite right either. Right. They will be calm and sedated. It kind of has a Seroquel effect on them. So it doesn't really play a huge role because I would never supplement it, I okay. guess. It's okay. the best that I could give you. Okay. That works. I just wanted to throw that last little hormone in there. Yeah. Really important for females. Not so important in terms of balancing things. For men. For men. Yeah. Okay. So- that was a great overview on testosterone. We're going to transition into the gut because I really want to talk about both today because it's so important. But we can kind of make the gentle transition because gut health is important for proper hormone balance as well. And that doesn't mean that if you fix your gut, you're not going to need testosterone for a guy. You still, we got to do both and here, right. um, but but it is vital. I mean, the, these guys are crushing their guts with soy, estrogenic, alcohol, hugely estrogenic and causes leaky gut. A whole bunch of the prescription meds that they're on, like we said, the Band-Aids, the, the statins, the high BP meds, the antidepressants, crushing your gut, destroying the lining, destroying the microbial balance. So that will also contribute to high estrogen, low testosterone. So it's kind of, it does kind of tie in. We are kind of transitioning smoothly here. The Nexium, the amount of like Nexium, Prilosec, PPIs that people are put on for longevity. Nobody should be on a PPI for more than a month mm-hmm. unless they have their healing and then maybe a couple months, but it's not meant to be something that you're on forever. Really. You need to kind of back away from that. And I see people coming in for you know 20 plus years. So the studies are out that show that that causes an increase in you know, cognitive issues. So dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. And then you also have a low testosterone level on top of it. It's kind of a recipe for disaster. Also estrogen, the higher it climbs, will feed a lot of organisms that we don't want in our gut, candida being the big one. So if you have a high estrogen level, your gut is responsible for processing that extra estrogen out and If your stool sits in your intestinal tract for too long, you just reabsorb all the estrogen back up into your system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And toxins. Right. While you feed the candida. So gut is huge, huge. And your practice, you're kind of getting to the point where you're using the GI map on like what, 90%? Yeah. I'm actually considering making it like entry level because- What I'm finding is that we can fix everything else. We can fix the thyroid. We can fix the sex hormones. We can fix, you know, the adrenals mostly, Mm -hmm. um, at least mask it or 
you know, make it look better. Yeah. Rarely. Um, if you don't fix the gut, don't waste your time. Really. Because everything's going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sort of a temporary fix. So when people tell me, you know, I felt so much better when I started that thyroid medication and that progesterone at bedtime. And then like six months in, I just don't really feel that good anymore. Mm-hmm. What's going on with your gut? We yeah. throw a giant map at them. They're alarming. Yeah. Where GF maps are showing uh, the amount of C. diff out there, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's potentially deadly. VRE, VRE yep. living in our guts is awful. Uh, and candida. And then the, the real trick is there's really no literature on how to treat it because gastroenterologists aren't doing a lot of these stool cultures. Right. You know, in my own personal journey, I went two and a half years and saw every specialist that I could on this coast and was told that there's nothing wrong with me yep. for severe abdominal pain. It was like unrelenting. I mean, every camera, every scope, every pill study, every imaging, I will have cancer eventually from all the imaging, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. So you start to wonder if maybe you're crazy mm-hmm. until I did a GI map on myself. And what do you know? My candida levels were off the charts. Yeah. Fixing that glimmer of hope for everybody out there. Fixing the estrogen issue, which was also occurring, mm-hmm. and fixing the candida issue yielded about a 40-pound weight loss in about a month's time with amazing. no diet changes and no exercise changes. It, it really was just holding on to like 40 pounds of puff. So there's hope and fixing those things yeah. really does work. Yeah, your, your story was amazing because I know how long you've been dealing with that. And I mean, just, I saw the weight come off of you. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, you got to the point where you couldn't keep it on. It was just like yeah. pouring off of you. Yeah. I'm like eating snow cones for lunch. I don't yeah. encourage that, but you know, that's <laughs> when you can just kind of do that and not even think twice about it. It, yeah. it speaks to hormonal balance. Nobody should struggle to the, to the point where they're starving themselves. They're exercising, you know, beyond what their body can handle. If, if you're not losing weight and you're trying to, and you're really making an actual effort, there's yeah. something wrong with you hormonally and there's probably something wrong with your gut. So checking that GI map right out of the gate, honestly saves so much time in the long run that it's hard for me not to just say, let's just do this. Even if you don't have any gut complaints. Right. I was going to ask you that next because when we say GI map and we talk about testing the gut and healing the gut, everybody tends to go to, but, but I'm not bloated, but I don't have heartburn, but I'm not constipated. And it's not all with the gut. You could be depressed. Mm-hmm. You could be anxious. Your hair could be falling out and it could still come back to the gut, right? Absolutely. Absorption in the gut is fundamental to our survival, really. You know, so like during the whole candida thing that I had going on, I wasn't absorbing potassium and I was taking 16 times the normal prescription dose of potassium to try to get my potassium up. Seeing specialists, I was surviving on a dead person's potassium level. Like I've never personally seen anybody upright, let alone working with a potassium of like 2.4. That's that doesn't happen. 
And as soon as I fixed the inflammatory issue that was going on, suddenly I'm absorbing potassium and I don't need that anymore, you know? So the same is true for iron, for B vitamins. That's a, that's a huge one with the gut. Really for any nutrients, calcium, magnesium, sodium, any of those things. Inflammation in one person may cause a deficit, you know, in one electrolyte, whereas somebody else, it's something completely different. Yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. it's a nutritional deficit. So, and right. And if your body perceives a deficit, it's never going to let you lose weight. It's going to put you into this saving mode. Like, oh, like we're starving. We evolution did that to us. We can thank the cavemen for that, I guess. (laughs) We're feast and famine states. But, you know, you have to kind of continually stoke that fire. And if you're not seeing progress, there's something more going on a nutritional deficit could very easily be what's happening. Yeah. You'll hold every pound. You, I have showered and gained weight. So, <laughs> you know, there's, you kind of throw your hands up in the air at some point. The GI map, probably my favorite test on the market at this yep. point. Well, it shows so much. So I did another podcast where I went through mine, like actually showing people my results, but it really does. I mean, beyond, you know, showing for C. diff and candida, tell people what else it, it looks for. So it's going to tell us about your good bacterial growth. So do you have enough of what you need to digest and break things down? Um, and that kind of is easily fixable, really, with some probiotics and good fiber in your diet. And it can make a big difference in people's lives. And then it's going to tell us about any opportunistic bad bacterial growth. So things like staph, strep, VRE is a big one, H. pylori. There's several, really. Staph and strep have been sort of the flavor of the week. And VRE, I guess. Yeah. Uh, E. diff. So opportunistic bacteria, things that we don't want to have growing in our guts and certainly not in excess. So sometimes we have to do an antibiotic for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can use natural supplements for that. I will put a plug in uh, for caprylic acid. That's kind of like my favorite supplement for overall maintenance of keeping the bad stuff gone. That's super helpful when we look at like bloating or pain. Um, and then it's going to tell us about any viruses that are occurring in the gut. Uh, it's going to tell us about any parasitic infections and then any type of candidal or fungal infections. We talk about SIBO a lot, and SIBO is a really generic term for just small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Right. Yeah, well, what bacteria is growing? Guess what? Nobody's checking. Yeah. No. Nobody knows. We, we know you have bacterial overgrowth. Is it gram positive? Is it gram negative? What is it? Mm-hmm. Because it, it matters because I pick my antibiotic based on what's growing in you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I saw probably six different GI docs and not a single one of them wanted to look at what actual bacteria is in there. So, yeah. Yeah. Just to be clear, you cannot go to your gastroenterologist and ask for a GI map, even though, I mean, it's, it, it sounds like they go together, right? GI map and your gastroenterologist, they're not going to order it for you. I mean, unless they happen to be one of like in the United States that are a little bit more functional thinking, but chances are you're not going to find one. That's like finding an endocrinologist that knows the thyroid. It doesn't happen. Right. Good luck. Good luck with that. But I wish, I mean, really, I wish that it was more commonplace, but 
it's not. Yeah, it's not. They're affordable. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. It gives you such valuable information. You're a fool not to do it. It can change other labs and bring that in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can change the the outcome. It can change your your progress or how whatever treatment you're on, it can change the outcome of that treatment by addressing the gut. Exactly. Yeah. And it also shows, so we see, you know, we hear a lot about probiotics and probiotics and everybody takes a probiotic and they say, take the same damn probiotic day after day, month after month and year after year. So it also shows us the beneficial bacteria and some people are actually too high in some and then too low in others because they've been on the same probiotic, right? But true. And there are companies that are out there that will tailor make probiotics for you. If you have some weird idiosyncrasy where you're like lacking something unusual, typically it's you know, one of the three major things, but yeah, a lot of people are overdoing it with the probiotics. Yeah. And no avail. It actually causes a lot more gas and bloating. Mm-hmm. Yep. We always forget about the prebiotics. They overload the probiotics. Yes. So it shows us that it shows us breaking down the ability to break down fat. It shows your immune system, the secretory IGA, like yeah. the first line of defense in the gut. It shows us that. It does. Uh, really, that is your immune system, and it's fixable if it's if it's not up to par. And if you have any type of inflammation in the gut, it, it probably won't be up to par, your IgA levels. Healing the gut, essentially, it's, it's really the last phase of the game, and it takes time. It's mm-hmm. kind of like having a scab where you fell and skinned up your knee. It's going to take time for the skin underneath to heal. But, you know, we use things like Tegracell colostrum to rebuild the lining of the gut and to put those antibodies back into to our gut so that we can start to defend ourselves. Right. Right. A lot, I mean, a lot of that. And it talks about um, detoxification pathways too, a lot. And that, so high estrogen, you have a detoxification pathway issue. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. You probably need some binding agents to get that estrogen out. And the GI map is going to be what tells us that yep. more than any blood work I could ever do. That's beautiful. And then there's that acromancia that's so tied to our metabolism. So metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, inability to lose weight. If you don't have enough of the acromancia, yeah, you don't have a metabolism. So even that little marker is really super cool to see. It the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like uncovering clues. Every every new chunk that you get to. It's all workable. There's nothing we won't find anything that we can't work with. That's the good news. That's true. I really yeah. wish that, you know, people found them a lot sooner than they did. So what would your advice be to, we're going we're gonna to touch on both topics that we talked about. First of all, what is your advice to men listening to this that they're literally sitting there thinking she just described me or their wives are sitting there thinking, holy shit, she just described my husband. What is their next step? Reach out, reach out to us. We're going to, um, before we ever bring you in, we're going to get your blood work. So on visit number one, we're going to have all of your results to go over with you. If your results come back and they don't show a low testosterone level and you still feel like shit, there's something else going on. Yeah. So I'm probably still going to have you come in. Also of note, you know, I've had people come in at like 650 for a test level and we've treated them because 650 for a 27 year old isn't good. And they were symptomatic. So 
it's all kind of relative to what patients are telling me. Yep. So reach out, even if you have been told by the specialists or your doctor, your primary care doctor, that you're normal, take another look at that. You do. You shouldn't walk around feeling like garbage. And just because someone tells you you're normal, but you don't feel normal, that's no reason to just stay home and do nothing. A hundred percent of our patients feel better once they start therapy. Now there can be some balancing in the beginning, you know, is it the right estrogen blocker for them? Is it the right dose of testosterone for them? By month six, things are pretty well evened out. Mm-hmm. And and usually way before then. We've had two people um, stop the testosterone program that they started. One had a needle phobia and only did it for about a week. But I think that there may have been some dementia playing in, okay. in that as well. And the other one re-enlisted in the military. So yeah, he wasn't allowed to have it. But they, everybody feels better. So do it the right way. Do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't don't just walk around suffering. You don't have to. I'm glad that you brought up the 650 because I know a lot of guys probably, if they're looking at their own labs and they're going like, well, you know, damn, I'm 650, I'm 700, but I still feel like garbage. It must be something else. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. It's, it's that personalized medicine. Maybe your optimal is 800. Maybe your optimal is 900. That's where you function based on your body frame and your muscle mass and your job and your energy and how much you have to use your brain or how much you have to use your body. I mean, it's all individualized. It really is. And, you know, we really tailor medicine for each individual client. So generally I spend about an hour with people for their first visit and it's kind of my own fault. Um, If I had to if I had to pick something that I'd like to be better at as a provider, it would be maybe being quicker. But at the same time, I want to get you better. And I don't want to see you a hundred times to get you to that place. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I don't like, you know, visiting with patients, but right. they're paying good money to come see us. So we want them to feel better. That's kind of what we're here for. So there is no like pre-populated order set. I'm going to order things that are based on what you need. Um, and we're going to treat you based on what you need and adapt things individually. It's not a one size fits all, or even like a three sizes fits all program. Yeah. That doesn't work. You've been doing that your whole lives with exactly. Western medicine. And here you are. So yeah. obviously that, that didn't work out so well. Right. Yeah. You can have a hundred five minute visits with your PCP and still won't get the amount of help, information, knowledge, and care that they get sitting with you for an hour. So yeah, you just wasted a hundred copays. Right. I hear all the time, like, oh my gosh, why didn't anybody ever explain this to me? Why didn't my doctor tell me that? Why didn't my doctor tell me that? I hear that same thing over and over again. Yep. Yep. And that's why people have to care about their health, seek out proper help, uh, and and be willing to invest in themselves. So, you know, I'm just going to, in our last couple of minutes together, I'm going to get on the insurance high horse. You just said you spend an hour with people. You can't expect, you don't take insurance. I don't take insurance. Providers who spend an hour with people don't take insurance because insurance isn't going to pay for an hour. Right. You're going to pay for five minutes. That's when you get your PCP when you walk in and they're overbooked and you're not being listened to and they're sure as shit not going to look at your numbers and say, well, this isn't optimal. They're going to go, oh, yeah, it's normal. Okay, got to go. Got to move on to the next one. 
So people have to invest in themselves. Please do not call Catherine and say, do you take insurance? Don't ask me if I take insurance. (laughs) We don't take insurance because we give you our time, right? We work from sunup to sundown and sometimes in between at around two in the morning when we wake up and just, you know, feel the need to reach back out to that email that came across. It's different. It's completely different. Now you can use your insurance to fill some of the meds, some, not all. You can use it for the blood work sometimes. I I mean, I, I have no control over what deductibles are, but you can certainly try to use it. A lot of people, their blood work is covered. So that's really helpful to a lot of people. But yeah, for office visits, you know, what it boils down to is we elect to spend our time giving patient care, not hiring a staff of 10 to do patient billing. bills. Well said. Well, I appreciate that you give that much time to people. Your patients appreciate that you give that much time to them and care. And, and I know what you mean when you're thinking about a person like, oh, yeah, that's right. Wait, oh, wait, I just have an idea for this guy at 2 a.m. And you're like, write it down. All the time. Yep. Actually, it ha- my aha moments are always in the shower. And I had one today and had to reach out to somebody to see if there was some imaging done of the adrenals. Uh, so, you know, yep. we see everybody from people that are struggling with addiction, not that I treat addiction, but sometimes they get desperate and they wind up at our doorstep and their testosterone levels are shot. But, you know, that to law enforcement, to teachers, to physicians. I have so many physicians that come here and I'm just kind of shocked. And physicians that know hormones. That's the other thing. And still can't get the help that they need. Yeah. It's crazy. Scary, but it's also nice to give people their lives back. make a dent in making it better. I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time today, your knowledge today. You can see the passion that you have for, for working with people and actually getting them their lives back. So just thank you so much for jumping on here. And we will put all the information on how people can contact you in the show notes. And we'll have you on again. We'll, t- we'll I mean, we could keep going, but we don't want to overwhelm. So today, testosterone and gut. Next time, maybe it'll be adrenals. So... The adrenals. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thank you.